Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Zone, a place where fact is fiction and fiction is reality. Now, here's your host, Rob McConnell. Welcome back, everyone. This is part two of tonight's show here on the Exxon with yours truly, Rob McConnell from our broadcast center and studios in St. Catharines, Ontario, Canada. And you're listening to us on your hometown radio, Classic 1220, and streamed around the world on Classic1220.ca. My guest this hour, Exxon Nation, is Kevin Killen. And um, Kevin is, uh, let me see, we're going to talk about the paranormal this hour. And uh First of all, welcome to the show, Kevin. How are things where you are? Thank you. Uh, I'm glad to be here. Uh, pretty good. It's uh, We're expecting a little remnants from uh, the, the next uh, system coming through, but right now it seems to be pretty nice uh, down my way. Well, that's good to hear. Uh, tell us a little bit about yourself and how you got interested in, into investigating paranormal. Sure. Um, I currently am working with... Uh, people with disabilities as a case manager mm -hmm. and I, I love that kind of work uh, just dealing with uh, being able to help people uh, you know better their lives that's always a for me it's always a rewarding thing um, I reside on the eastern shore of Maryland it is one of the many places I've lived in my life um, uh, paranormal not really a hot spot but they do have a lot of good paranormal activity around here mm -hmm. so I've, I've found that out with the so close to the Atlantic ocean a lot of shipwrecks and a lot of ghostly tales of of uh, shipwrecks and pirates and and things like that so it's, it's really a, a good place to be um i've lived um in five or six different states a couple different countries and um, i've had paranormal experiences in just about all of them um i got interested in the paranormal uh my first experience was uh, about five years old when i lived in evanston illinois and a creepy old 19th century house. Oh, that's cool. That, yeah. That, <laughs> uh, me and my mother were home alone one night and, uh, we heard footsteps and uh, nobody else was in the house. And I turned to my mother and said, <laughs> uh, who's that? And she said, Oh, that's my little boy. Cause she couldn't think of anything else. Cause she was scared out of her mind and she didn't want to scare me. Uh, but I, I distinctly remember that and that always stayed with me. And I've just had paranormal experiences throughout my life, but that was the, the catalyst, I think, that got me into this uh, this field to to do research to try and find answers. But I seem to run up against brick walls and find more questions than answers. But that's, I think, what makes this really exciting. In your opinion, what are ghosts and why do they stick around? I believe that they are, uh, each of us have, have has a soul. 
and I believe that uh, once you pass, you, you you can go into different stages. I believe, uh, and some people, some paranormal researchers will also agree with that. Um, also, but in, in my belief, I think you can go into stages where your soul actually has to go certain places before it finds it, its eternal rest, as it were. Uh, so I, I think in a lot of cases, very emotional, traumatic experiences, I think, keep us here. Um, like maybe a car accident, a horrendous murder, um, mm-hmm. a lost love, something like that will keep the soul, I believe, here for a, a, a little bit of time. And then they have, to, they have to pass into their own other realm. And then it, it kind of goes, they kind of go through, it's kind of like a maze in my, I think it's like a maze. But again, these are all theories, nothing's proven, but I'm just going on what other people I've talked to and, and things that I've experienced. And right. I, I believe that's kind of what happens to us. Why do you think that the scientific community just hasn't jumped in full force and worked with paranormal investigators like yourself to solve this age-old problem? Well, I believe uh, because, you know, science, science uh, again, is a beautiful thing. And, mm-hmm. and I, I really enjoy uh, a lot of the things that they do because, obviously, you know, some of the greatest people in the world, I believe, were scientists such as Albert Einstein, who actually did believe in the afterlife, which is a, true. a good thing. Yeah. Um, but I believe it's just it's the whole you got to show me or I don't I don't I don't believe it kind of thing. Yeah. And, and I think that's kind of what it is. And, and there's so many. Um, you, you, so many fraudulent things going on in the world mm-hmm. that you can do with, you know, your computers these days. So oh, I gosh, think there's yeah. so many disbelievers and skeptics out there because you can pretty much disprove anything that anybody says about the paranormal. How old were you when you had your very first experience? And could you relate it to us? Was that the was that the time you and your mother were in the house? Yes, and, you heard and the I fr- was five years old. How old were you? Five years old? Yes. My goodness. How do you think that affected your life after that experience when you realized what it was did that pique your curiosity and and is that when you really started sinking your teeth and questioning so much and getting involved in the paranormal yeah and and i will say one thing and and i think everybody kind of agrees with me uh when you have a paranormal experience your life changes forever Mm -hmm. um so everybody that I've, i've experienced things with or had have talked to that have had experiences uh it, it definitely is a life changer uh i never forgot this first experience as I, and then as i got older and, and started getting into a lot of the reading and reading a lot of, of of books on the paranormal when i was younger and and just just gathering that information and then as i got older and, and continued through middle and high school mm-hmm. and beyond when i started actually getting into the field and started to do investigations um, but that that's always stayed with me. And, and I think about it right now, and it's as vivid as it happened yesterday. Kevin, why do you think the paranormal is so popular these days? You know, I remember when I started doing this show over three decades ago, not very many people were talking about the paranormal. Uh, not many people were talking, oh, I'm, I'm saying openly about UFOs, conspiracies, Bigfoot. What do you think the catalyst was was to get everything out of the closet and onto mainstream media? Well, I think a, a lot of people have had um, experiences that they couldn't explain, and, mm-hmm. and again, the, the the one thing, and, and I don't, it doesn't matter who you are uh, in this field. When you have that first experience, one of the first things you think of is, "Am I crazy?" Yeah. And I've talked to, and that that was me 
uh, even, you know, today, even after all these years, I'll just double check, you know, hey, did I really hear that or see that or whatever? Uh, so I think that's a lot of it is the fact that um, there was that stigma attached to it for a long time. And, th- and it's still there. But I think as people want to find out what's going on and, and they need um, a, a, a something to ha- hang their hat on. Right. Uh, so I think that's where the paranormal comes into play because people want to know really what's out there. They do want to connect with people and, and that kind of kicked the door open, I think. And then all these shows started coming out and, and everything, which was great because I, I've, uh, enjoyed a lot of mm-hmm. them, but I, I think that there's no real catalyst. I think it's just as we kind of progressed, <clears throat> excuse me, through, through time, I think it was just kind of, it's time sort of. Yeah, I, I, you know, I'd like to take my hat off and say that, you know, the, the Internet, in my opinion, was the biggest catalyst because once everything got on the Internet and the information was starting to be exchanged and shared, you know, the genie was out of the bottle. There was no way putting it back in. Absolutely. Yeah. The TV shows, uh, what are your opinions on that? You know, because I, I don't know, I watched a few of them and, I don't know. They they just seem so phony. Yes. Uh, unfortunately, I think many of them are, and and I think also a lot of them give false representation of what exactly these things are, what happens. Because mm-hmm. I've I've gone to investigations where I will sit there all night and get nothing. Yeah. And then you'll see some of these shows where it's like one thing after the other, and I'm like, that does not happen like that, at least not to me. And then I talk to other researchers, and they're like, you know, no, that doesn't happen like that. Um, so I think that's part of it is the fact that, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I, I think, and, and again, you got to remember TV is ratings, and yep. I hate to say that, but and it's also money. So I think a lot of this, you know, they, they don't want to see you sitting in a graveyard getting nothing all night. They want to see the demon come through the door, you know, and unfortunately that's kind of what happens. Would you classify paranormal investigators, I mean, true paranormal investigators as also educators and historians oh absolutely uh you in this field you have to um you you have to be well prepared you have to do your research Mm -hmm. and a lot of the the things that's really cool that i've found is again the historical aspect of a lot of these uh investigations because a lot of this is from um years gone by so if you know the the backstory of a house or, or a place uh, and you pick something up, perhaps, so then you can kind of pinpoint, hey, this could be this guy over here or mm-hmm. whatever. So it's really just, again, and I'm, I'm a history buff, so yep. this is just kind of part and parcel for me. What has been your most frightening investigation that you've been on? I mean, besides the one that where you were five years old and, you know, mm-hmm. you know, started the, the fire in the belly to get to the bottom of this. I would say uh, probably my first capture of an electronic voice phenomena. Um, I was probably about a year out of high school. And uh, my my house that I grew up in, uh, in northern Virginia, um, it wasn't a very old house, but there was a lot of emotion, a lot of negativity in that house mm. due to a lot of different things I won't go into. Sure. Um, so there was a lot there. The, the way uh, I described my house then was sad. It was just a sad house. But um, anyway, I'd, I'd really gotten into the paranormal by this time through high school. And I'd done a few EVP sessions at other places and didn't really get anything. But um, usually there wasn't um, 
a lot of people, there's usually a lot of people in my house. Um, we, cause my, my friends and my brother's friends and this and that, it was kind of just kind of always in and out. But this one particular night, there was no one in the house at all. I was the only person in the house. I said, Hey, you know what? I'm going to do an EVP session. So I went ahead and did that. And I asked the specific question. I said, um, if you're here, show me. And when I came back at the very end of the tape, this voice came through and said, I've shown you, ha ha. And that literally sent me out of my chair and flying out of the house because I knew I was the only person in that house at that time. But yet this voice answered my question. Why is it that when you're doing an AVP session, you ask a question, pause, then you ask another question, pause, and you don't hear the reply until you play back the session. Why is it that you cannot hear the session? Uh, I'm sorry, you cannot hear the spirit or the ghost actually giving the answer, and yet the answer is recorded. You know, that's a great question because that's still a great mystery. Mm -hmm. um, I've known people, myself included, that will hear something during an investigation and the and the tapes won't pick it up but we distinctly heard it mm -hmm. with our own ears but yet the tape didn't pick it up and then vice versa i i honestly don't really know why that is and and i have to say for me the better equipment for ghost hunting is um i i used to have a handheld panasonic with a little mini tape yeah um and i've i've went to digital and i i'd rather go back to the panasonic all right, Kevin, please stand by. You and I have to take our first break for the evening. Exonation, our guest is Kevin Killen. His website is ozarkmountain.com. And uh, we're going to be talking to Kevin when we come back from the break about more paranormal experiences. Plus, we're going to talk to Kevin about his book, Ghosts and Me. This is the Exxon. I am Rob McConnell, and the Exxon comes to you Monday through Friday from 10 p.m. Eastern until midnight. Right here from our studios and broadcast center in St. Catharines, Ontario, Canada, on your hometown radio, Classic 1220, and streamed around the world on Classic1220.ca. If you'd like to send me an email, if you have questions, if there's a special guest you would like us to bring on, or if you'd like us to help you connect with somebody who could help you with a problem that you're having within the realms of the paranormal or parapsychology, my email address is exxon at classic1220.ca Kevin Killen and I will be back on the other side of this break don't go away Welcome back, everyone. Kevin Killen is our special guest. His website is ozarkmountain.com. And um, when you go out to do an investigation, how do you proceed? What is your way of investigating? And um, does the investigation differ from, let's say, a historical site to a residence to a commercial or all of your investigations handled in the same professional way? Yeah, I try to usually handle them the same way. Uh, basically, 
you can go ahead and do any type of investigating. And, and mm-hmm. again, I'm, I'm very, I'm a minimalist, so I don't, I don't have a ton of equipment. Basically, I usually just use the handheld and yeah. my phone where I take pictures mm-hmm. and that's pretty much all I need. And I've gotten some really good stuff with that, but I've, I've investigated homes. I've investigated cemeteries. I've investigated private, uh, I'm sorry, commercial businesses and, um, battlefields. So I've kind of ran the gambit and I've got some great stuff. Um, battlefields, uh, you're in an area that is very rich with, uh, history from, let's see, uh, the uh, civil war, I believe. Um, what kind of investigations would you do in historic sites and battlefields? Well, uh, when I was in Northern Virginia, um, again, as you said, uh, I was surrounded by history with right. the battlefields all over. And I actually did. I came up with the idea um, about two years ago that I would like to do a, uh, you know, do a bat- battlefield ghost book mm. because I, I've read so many things about all these great battlefields and all these people having paranormal experiences, I said, Hey, you know what? Let's, let's go ahead and do that. Yeah. So I went to, I've been to a, a, a number of them and basically it's just walking around and with a handheld and hitting record and really not saying much, just letting them talk. And I've gotten some really good stuff. Why do you think that these spirits, ghosts or entities stick around that they haven't decided to move on yet or is this like a magnetic resonance that that is caught within the electromagnetic areas of the world and that these spirits or whatever they are just can't escape yes i believe it's both actually and and the second part of what you were talking about is called the stone tape theory mm-hmm. which uh if you think about it it makes sense because if, if earth is really uh, surrounded by an electromagnetic field. Right. Um, if, if anybody out there, and again, with you being in radio, you, you definitely know about bulk erasing. Oh, big time, yeah. Yeah, so with the ions being rearranged, that's kind of like, I guess, what the what the stone tape theory is, is that the emotional imprint goes onto the electromagnetic field yeah. such as a tape does that when you record. And I know for the, the millennials and all that, <laughs> They, we did have things called tapes at one time, <laughs> and and I, I believe me, and I know I joke about this, but I actually I know people who don't know what a phone book is, and that so that's kind of like when they're like, "What's a tape?" And they're not they're wow. not kidding; they really don't know. But anyway, um, so yeah, I think that that is true, and also mm-hmm. I think um, some of them just stay back because there's an emotional trauma or a sudden death, and they just don't know what happened to them. And they don't know to go to the lighter or whatever they have to do. They just kind of linger and they they don't know. But one thing that I found really to be interesting is a lot of the spirits that are that people see, they they notice they have a reaction. So they're actually seeing them. Wow. So in some of these cases and my thing is and I've thrown this out there and I'm not I'm obviously not a groundbreaker, but I always think, what if we're their go? What if we are their ghosts? Mm very interesting theory (laughs) very interesting so if if these ghosts have a oh what's the word i'm looking for here if they have the ability to see and to interact how can they be dead 
Exactly. And see, th this is the one thing that's always gotten me tripped up throughout this whole thing. And, mm -hmm. and I've had a, a, a really good debate with a friend of mine who's actually a scientist. Uh, as we know, obviously, as I'm speaking to you and you're speaking back to me, yeah. we're using vocal cords and brains. Right. If you're dead, you don't have those things. I can't explain it. All I know is that I've captured voices and I've heard voices when nobody else was there. I don't know how that works, but that always gets me when people throw that out. Skeptics will be like, well, you don't have vocal cords. How can you talk? I don't know, but it's it's really interesting how that is, because in theory, yes, they wouldn't be dead, but obviously they are. That is strange. You know, that, that is that is really strange. Mind you, there's a lot of paranormal investigators now who are looking towards quantum physics, uh, where they're saying that they could be in another dimension. Yes. And that the dimensions cross at certain times, and that's when you get to see and interact with these spirits. Uh, what is your take on that theory? I actually support that. Um, I've, I've thought... Um, my, one of my theories is that uh, in discussing this with a lot of people is that I believe that there are portals all over the world mm -hmm. that beings or entities, whatever you want to call them, can actually freely go through them to enter our realm and go back to their realm. And I, I take, um, and I'm going to show my age here, uh, the, the video game Pac-Man. No, I back, know it well. Back yeah. in the day when, when the, the ghosts or Pac-Man mm -hmm. used to be able to go out the side of the screen and come back through the other side. Yeah. That's kind of what I have in my head is that they're freely able to do that, to go through these portals, and they can end up anywhere they want. Do you think at a time the spirits or ghosts get totally annoyed with humans always interrupting whatever they do, or you get the the group of investigators who come in time after time, different investigators, and the more, the harder the location is, the more investigators that show up. Do you think that they might actually get pissed off? I believe in certain cases they do. Uh, and it's really interesting because I'm, I'm glad you brought that up because um, I always wondered about this because I usually don't return to different to the same site more than once it's just i just, there's just so many out there that i mm -hmm. usually don't however i've seen a lot of videos and, and tv shows where people will go back to certain sites over and over and the spirits seem to know certain investigators from the last time and it's really cool because it's i guess it's kind of like like i'll take for example we have a lot of uh hospitals that are closed down that people go into and they interact with whoever was there and they'll come in, you know, three or four or five times a year. And then by the sixth time they'll say, Hey, my name is whatever. Do you remember me? And they'll make, they'll, they'll pick something up like yes or whatever. So, but I think it, it does in some, in some regard, it works the other way too, is that they're just tired of people coming into their, their, their territory and tra traping through there. Uh, and, and with their recorders telling them to speak. And that's yeah. where I think people get stuff thrown at them. Yeah. I, I, I've spoken to a few members of the paranormal community who actually are rather crude and vulgar when they do their investigations. And to me, that just shows a total lack of respect. Absolutely. I mean, you wouldn't want anybody coming to your house now and start cussing at you. No. And, and I, I know that some people get better results by 
provocation by doing that. I, I don't believe in that. I believe you need to respect them because my theory is that they were obviously people at one time. Right. So this is their soul left over. And basically another theory I have, and I, I agree with this, um, whatever personality you had on Earth, you're going to have that in the afterlife. So if you're mean, you're going to be mean as a, as a spirit. If you're a great, a good person, you're going to be a good spirit. And that's just, I think a lot of people agree with that in the community. Uh, is that kind of how it goes? Is there a divide when it comes to the paranormal and religion? Because if we look at the fact that if somebody dies and their spirit remains here, does that mean that this person contradicts a religious philosophy by not going to heaven or nirvana or wherever the philosophy believes one's soul goes after, after death? Yeah, I think it really does, but it's really interesting. Um, in, in my time uh, in high school, um, I had a lot of friends that were from Southeast Asia, mm -hmm. and obviously their, their religion was Buddhism. Right. And I got some great stories from, from people in haunted temples, both in their country and in America. But I'd always made, because they, they, they fervently believe in spirits. Like everyone that I, I ever knew, and they were from like, they were from like Thailand, Laos, uh, Vietnam, um, Cambodia. Mm -hmm. They all believe that, and their families believe that. You know, they, they, you know, they have the altar to the Buddha and everything but they always they always were afraid of ghosts and it was just really cool to to be like that but i know that a lot of western philosophy and religion um also do that so it does contradict but then you know you you sit there and you think of the the, the father the son and the holy ghost so uh, i mean there is that conflict there obviously but the holy ghost is in the realm of 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 you know I, I believe that according to one of our theologists that we had on, that the Holy Ghost is a representation of the soul, the spirit, that when uh, when the person leaves this plane, only their soul or their spirit returns to heaven. But if that is true, then that would mean that any of the ghosts that remain on this plane are evil. So, you know, it's, it's rather a... A perplexing thought when you start bringing theology into the paranormal and the paranormal into theology oh absolutely like I said I, I've had some debates with yeah. uh, religious people about this and and you know and I've talked with and, and the one thing that it really bugged me for a long time is that a lot of these shows um, you, you know if, if it's a they're calling it a demon in the house so yeah. it's always Roman roman catholics mm -hmm. and it was it's always been that way as, as far as when i was a kid i used to read these books and it always seemed like the roman catholic church was involved no matter what was going on in the house and i always thought <laughs> that was weird because i was yeah. like you know so that to me i always just said okay so only roman catholics you know only ghosts can go to roman catholic houses because <laughs> it kind of seemed that way yeah. and uh and then as later as I got in, got, you know, further into this, it was like, no, it doesn't, you know, I, I've known agnostics and I've known, you know, non-believers that have experienced stuff that they don't even understand. I've got about a minute before I have to go to my next break. Uh, how do you prepare yourself for an investigation? How do you protect yourself from not bringing something or someone home with you that you really don't want to have around? My thing is my tried and true method is, is I tell you know, I, I'll say, you know, if you're with us, you cannot come with me. 
you stay here. And that nine times out of 10, that will work, but it doesn't always. Hmm. When we come back from this break, let's talk about that because that's something I've often wondered. If people go to an antique store or a yard sale or grass sale and they unknowingly buy something that has a spirit attached to it, how do they get rid of it? How do they know that there's a spirit? Maybe you can help us with that uh, situation. Kevin Killen is our guest this hour, Exonation. His website is ozarkmountain.com. And we'll be back on the other side of this short break as the Exxon continues with yours truly, Rob McConnell, from our broadcast center and studios in St. Catharines, Ontario, Canada. Don't forget, you can always listen to past episodes of the Exxon right here on Classic 1220 by going to Exxon on Radio, Classic1220.ca. And there's a lot of neat information there and a lot of ways that... Uh, we make our listeners happy. I'm Rob McConnell, and we'll both be back as we return. So whatever you do, don't go away. And welcome back, everyone. Kevin Killen is our special guest this hour here in the Exxon from our broadcast center and studios in St. Catharines, Ontario, Canada, on your hometown radio, Classic 1220, and around the world on Classic1220.ca. If you'd like to find out more about our guest, uh, Kevin Killen, visit his website, ozarkmountain.com. Uh, before we get back to the, uh, the paranormal, tell us a little bit about your book, Ghosts and Me. Sure. Uh, it's a... Basically, I call it a paranormal memoir because it covers from the time I, I explained the, my first incident right. to about uh, four years ago. And uh, I've had uh, experiences ever since then. And uh, it's just it just I, I've had I've run the gambit. I've had the, the footsteps with no one there. I've had the voices. I've seen things. I've heard things. I've had a shadow person incident. Um, I have an attachment uh, it's just it runs the gamut of paranormal stuff and and it just it was just I don't I think it's me I think I'm I joke that I'm a ghost magnet but honestly if, when you read the book you kind of wonder because I've had all these experiences throughout my life. Well, well, first of all, congratulations on your book, and I Thank think you. that by people reading it with the way that I, I love your attitude and how you look at things, I'm sure that this will be a great asset to anybody who is interested in the paranormal or who would like to become a paranormal investigator. So hats off to you. Is your book available on Amazon.com? Yes, Amazon.com, uh, OzarkMountain.com. Uh, pretty much anywhere um, books are sold, you can pretty much get it online anywhere. So That's great. It's also available in audio form. Super. We were talking about attachments before we went to the break. If somebody buys something and they bring it home, and all of a sudden, things start going wacky. What should they do? 
Well, I think first of all, what they should do is again, and that's one thing that I really enjoy now is that we have so much of is, is compared to back then when I was actually, you know, younger and getting into all this is we have more, uh, more help mm-hmm. out there in, in the way of, of, you know, cause I, you know, I remember, you know, back in the early eighties and even the mid eighties and the nineties, there wasn't a lot of people that could help you other than your priest or one of the Warrens and that took forever. So they, there's a lot more people out there that are actually offering their services um, free of charge, at least the good ones are, that you can turn turn for help. Um, but honestly, like I said, the one thing you have to do, and, I, and I've found this out to be true, is that as, as I've gone through this journey, is that not every creak in the floorboard is, is a ghost. It's just mm-hmm. a creak in the floorboard. So you have to be make sure, you know, is that pipe, something hit that pipe or is that the water coming through or, or whatever the case may be you you need to really go and look and make <laughs> look at it rationally first and then once you if, if you totally can cross everything else out um again there's people that that will help you and and i know i've watched a lot of these great shows out of canada so you guys have a lot of great people up your way oh, so that's you. really good yeah i i had the great pleasure of uh, working with the with the cast and crew of Canada's Creepy Canada for a number of years. And um, we had some great people on the cast, as well as experts that uh, were called in by the producer, who was uh, a good friend of mine, Bill Burke and uh, Brian O'Day. So, yes, thank you for the compliment, and I'll certainly pass it on to my Canadian colleagues. What about... I'm just going to go back a little bit, because... When we were talking, we mentioned the Catholic Church. I mean, you know, it seems that, you know, if everything that was there, there was always a Catholic involved. What happens if the ghost is not Catholic and you bring a Catholic priest in to help with the problem? Yeah, that's a very good question. Uh, (laughs) And again, I'm I would consider myself agnostic. Right. Um, Honestly, like I said, I. I think we obviously man did not do everything. There mm-hmm. is some supreme being out there and my belief, I don't know whether it's Buddha or Jesus Christ or whoever, but um, that's a really good question. I, I don't know. I, I feel that if you have the same belief system in, again, you know, God, Buddha, Allah, whoever, a higher that, deity. Yeah. Yeah, that I think it, it it doesn't really matter. But again, like I said, I, it just seems like it was always Roman, you know, Roman Catholicism yeah. involved here. But it was always demons yeah. and demonology, and and that's almost like hand in hand. And it always seemed that way. And it was like they're not all demons, but they kind of make you believe. Because I think in their world, demons is more sexier than ghosts. And I think that's kind of what these TV shows do, unfortunately. Well, I've never heard of a ghost. You know, causing an exorcism or causing a possession, I should say, where an exorcist has to be called in. Right. So how do you tell if a good if if a person is a good paranormal investigator or source compared to one that just isn't? If if somebody has a problem and they're looking for help. One of the first things that I was uh, that I learned Mm -hmm. in this journey was. Uh, a lot of the people who do not charge are, are kind of the real deal. Now, that's because, again, there is so much fraud going on 
everywhere that I, I've known people that are saying, oh, you know, I'll get rid of your ghost for, you know, $300. Wow. You can't put a price tag on this stuff, but unfortunately swindlers will. And a lot of the people that I know that will do this free of charge or they'll ask for a donation. Right. Um, so, and I think those, those are the ones that I've come across that are the, the real deal. And the same thing goes with um, fortune tellers, tarot readers, and all of that. Um, I, I've come across some, some really, really good ones. And I've come across people that I've pointed out were frauds. I wonder if ghosts actually sit on, you know, park benches and just watch us humans go through our regular day and what the conversation might be like oh my god they're still morons look at this look at this <laughs> nobody's talking to each other anymore they're just talking into these little boxes what the hell <laughs> uh, how far do you think paranormal investigation has pro uh, progressed over the last let's say 10 years oh i think leaps and bounds and i think that's due to the technology i mean some of the things that they have out there to detect spirits is beyond belief. And, and, and some of it, I, I just think is just garbage, but some of it, I actually, it's kind of neat, but you know, um, it, it seems like, it, and it's funny because I've noticed this with, the, I've, I've watched three or four different ones. There's a couple out there that I won't even mention, but they, they seem to have a show every six months with other people. And it's mm -hmm. like, wow, they keep getting these ghost shows and that's cool. And, and I like them. But they seem to always use the same equipment, which is kind of neat because it shows me that, okay, they know what this guy's going to do to use this, so we'll use this over here as well. Um, but I think the technology is just blown it, kind of blown it out of the water because, you know, but also on the other hand, you would figure we would have more definitive proof of, of spirit activity with all the electronics, sure. and we still don't. You know, how can, how can technology be built or designed to investigate the paranormal if you don't know what the paranormal is? Again, very good question. Uh, you know, I, I think, uh, you know, a lot of what I didn't understand uh, early on in doing a lot of research is that the, the earlier people, like Thomas Edison, mm -hmm. had a, it was trying to develop a spirit box yeah. to talk to the dead. Yeah. You know, and, and then you had Houdini and, and what he did. And then, of course, you know, a lot of these philosophers that you wouldn't seem to think they would believe in the paranormal were really into the paranormal. And you're like, wow, back in the 1900s, you know, and, there, you know, the, and there was a lot of, you know, fake things going on there. But, um, yeah, it's just it's just amazing to see how how that goes ahead. But again, you're, you're, you're right, because, like I said, I, I've done evp sessions where i have had to debunk everything because i can say that's a car or that's right. a bird you know and that's fine because you're supposed to yeah because I, I can't say oh my god what was that oh that was that tree talking to me no it wasn't <laughs> it was the wind going through the tree um so i i've come across a lot of that but in, in my journeys I, I i've tried to get better differentiating between what i think is a spirit and what is natural have you ever been physically assaulted by a ghost? Um, I have not been assaulted. I've been touched. Um, I actually had a attachment that uh, female that would join me in the shower. Kinky. <laughs> it, it was it was disturbing to say the least because I you know it was it 
Did she you know, wash, I, did it she was, wash it your was back? It was a blast of cold air that kind of wrapped around you. Hmm. And it was just, and, and I, destri- I describe it in my book, but um, now I, I've hmm. been, I, I still get touched every once in a while. Like they like to like just, and for them, it's just let me know that they're there. It's not anything malicious. They're just like, um, hey, Kevin, let me touch your hair, you know. So, so do they wash your back? <laughs> this one did not. Huh. Why do you think some people like yourself have all these experiences and then you've got other people like me who has never had an experience? I want to believe, but I'm an ex-cop. I want to see proof. I want to see evidence. And you're right. If I had a paranormal experience, to me, that would be the evidence. But because I've never had a paranormal experience, how do we explain this? You know? Were you born under the right sun, the right star configuration? Are you much uh, well, more receptive? Actually, I think for me, uh, my heritage has a lot to do with it being Irish. I think the Celtic people have have some inherent gift of sight, and they yeah. they can do. And again, that's just that's for me. I, I've known other people yeah. from other countries that are like that, but I believe for, for me. Um, and, and my mother had something, but mm-hmm. we never really discussed it before she passed. Yeah. And I, I wish I had talked to her because I know now I, she had more than she let on. She, she knew things mm-hmm. and saw things and heard things. And we never discussed it really. And I wish I, I, I kicked myself, you know, wondering what, what stories she could have told me. But again, I think for me, I, you know, it's mostly my Celtic heritage. Well, you know, I'm Irish as well. And it seems that you got the ghost and I got the Guinness. <laughs> so it's a fair exchange because you and I can talk about this. And um, there's so many, so many stories out there. And uh, just, I think all we need to do is listen more to people. And given the chance, people will tell you. But they're, too, they're afraid of being ridiculed. Yes. And laughed at. And I think that the work that people like you do and other credible paranormal investigations are doing are certainly helping a lot of people to realize that, hey, you're not alone. And that what you claim to have happened to you because you believe it happened to you, it's real. And how can we make a judgment call if we were not there with you when you had that experience so once again my hat's off to you and other credible paranormal investigators hey listen we've got to take our final break for this hour kevin so please stand by exonation kevin killen is our special guest his website is ozarkmountain.com and the name of his book is ghosts and me it's available on all uh, online bookstores it's also available at his website at ozarkmountain.com And when we come back, we're going to be wrapping up some questions here with our good friend and guest this hour, Kevin Killen, as the Exxon continues with yours truly, Rob McConnell, from our broadcast center and studios in St. Catharines, Ontario, Canada, right here on Classic 1220 and streamed around the world on Uh, classic1220.ca.
And welcome back. Kevin Killen is our guest this hour, the final hour of tonight's show here on the X-Zone on Classic 1220 and around the world on Classic1220.ca. His website is OzarkMountain.com, and he's the author of a real cool book entitled Ghosts and Me. It's available on Amazon.com, but it's also available on the OzarkMountain.com website. But you were telling me, Kevin that you're also in the midst of collecting stories uh, on near-death experiences. Tell us about that. Yes, um, I myself had one uh, almost five years ago, and basically the doctor said I shouldn't even be here. I had the Widowmaker heart attack, if anybody's familiar with that, and the doctor does not know how I survived, but here I am. So I've been really interested in, in stories, and I'm gathering stories for a, a compilation book. Um, and I've got a lot of good stories so far, but I definitely could use more. So if anybody out there would like to submit a story, you don't have to. You can submit it anonymously. That that's fine. Um, and you can send it to my website or my email at uh, k k i l l e n b is in boy t is in tom k killen b t at gmail and uh, again, it can be anonymous, but uh, I know there's a lot of great stories out there. I've already gathered a good amount, but I, I definitely would like more. So if anybody would like to relate their stories or any other thing paranormal, feel free to shoot me an email. Um, I, I love getting back to people and talking about this. This is obviously one of my favorite topics to talk about. With all the research that you've done and the stories that have come into you from people who have had near-death experiences, is there a common thread? Yes, there seems to be the white light. That seems to be the common thread that I've found mm-hmm. throughout a lot of these is that um, it, it, they see the, the, this, this paradise type thing and, and they're told they're not, it's not their time and they're, they come back to their body. That, that's kind of what I've seen throughout a lot of these stories. What was your near-death experience like? Mine was not anything like that. Um, I actually, and, and actually when I was starting to write this, this book, I, I, that was like the first part of the book I was explaining mine. Um, I was in the hospital getting the, um, the stent put in right. and I had everybody working on me because I had the massive heart attack and I just felt this feeling of calm and peace come over me. And I thought to myself, if it's my time, I'm okay with it. I can move on. But there was no relatives in the corner. There was no white light other than what was ahead of me on, you know, from the from the hospital. Mm-hmm. But it was just this incredible. I've never felt such a calm feeling in my life ever. And I talked to some friends of mine in the field and they said you had a near death because that's you were ready to go. But yet you didn't. But you could have. And it was again, I can't even explain the calmness. It was just this amazing feeling. And uh for whatever reason, and I'm glad that you know I'm still here. But again, one of another mystery. Why? Why? Why did I make it, and others don't? Do you fear death now? No, I do not. Yeah, that's that's what I get from a lot of people that we've had on the show, who have had near death experiences, that they no longer fear death. 
Why do you think death is so... Uh, I was going to say frowned upon, but we all know the answer to that one. Uh, feared. Why do you think death is so feared if there's nothing to you know, worry about except departing and leaving everybody behind that you love when you have, uh, when you die based on the information given to researchers on near-death experiences who all say that, you know, it was a great experience. I haven't heard anybody give me a, uh, a bad, bad experience uh, when it came to an NDE. Yeah, I've actually heard of a few. Really? Um, but I, I, I don't really know if there were NDEs or something else, but it involved hell and the devil and this and that. And I, I just was kind of like, okay, well, I, I, you know, if that's mm -hmm. what you experienced, I'm not going to say that you didn't. Um, I think honestly, for most people, because death is finality, I think that might be their fear. But yet I know, at least I believe now, that death is not. Death is, honestly, death is the beginning, quite, you know. Mm-hmm. And I know that's, you know, I, I know other people have thrown that out there and everything, but I honestly believe that. Well, is you know, that death is the beginning. Well, maybe this existence we're in is the real embryo of our birth. And yes. when we pass, we are not actually dying, but we are being born. In fact, if we look at nature, nature's been trying to put this through our thick skulls since the beginning of time. Yes. You know, the four seasons spring. Everything comes to life. Summer, life flourishes. Fall, everything withers. Winter, everything dies. But what happens again in the spring? Yep. You know? Butterflies, the same thing. You know, the larvae, yeah. cocoon, bang, out comes a butterfly. If somebody wants to become a paranormal investigator, what, in your opinion, should they do? I believe uh, one of the best things they can do is research. Um, I, I don't think that you have to be like me and have experience. There's a lot of skeptics that are on teams that never have any experiences, mm -hmm. but they're a vital part of the team. Um, so I think research is the key. And if you're able to get in, in touch with some investigators that are able to give you some pointers, um, you, you can do that. And again, uh, if there's anybody out there that wants that, um, I'd be more than happy to give them some pointers uh, on, on anything they have questions about. But I, I think research is the key. How do you deal with skepticism? If it's done respectfully, I'm okay with it. I mean, there's a lot that I, I've... It, it's been a lot. And, and the thing is, with me, it's it's not so much the fact... It's It's like I don't ridicule you for being, you know, whatever mm -hmm. they're doing. But if you come to me and say, hey, I don't believe in ghosts, that's fine. I have no problem with that. But when they start saying, ooh, oh, yeah, oh, ghosts, yeah, there's the one behind you. And, you know, just start like, get, and I've run into these people. As a matter of fact, members of my own family. Wow. I've had to have, uh, I've actually stopped talking to because it was to the point where the ridicule wasn't even worth it. And I was just like, I'm done with you people. Hmm. So, um, but for the most part, I think most people, you know, and it's really interesting because I've, I've worked in some, some workplaces where they'll hear me and they'll like, oh, hey, that's great. You wrote a book and everything. And they'll kind of give you a side look, that side glance. Right. And then when they're alone, oh, hey, Kevin, by the way, this happened to me. And they don't want to tell you in front of people. Yep. But afterward, alone, getting you off by yourself, all of a sudden they got a ghost story. 
<laughs> the famous words I hear are, you're not going to believe me, but. Yes. And uh, there's a lot of those people who have the stories who don't get the opportunity to tell them. Because, like you were saying, even members of your own family have kind of shunned you because of what you do and what you believe in. Yep. That is sad. One more thing before we get going here. Um, shadow people. Once again, something that's relatively new in the paranormal world. Where did they come from? You know, that's, that's one of life's great mysteries. I've heard so many different versions of what they could be and what they might be, but nobody definitively knows anything about them. And it's just amazing that I've had, I've talked to people who've had these experiences and myself having one. Um, and it freaked me out because this thing went to the ceiling, whatever wow. it was. It went all the way to the ceiling. That's how big this thing got for me. But there's like the red-eyed one, the one with the hat. There's just so many variations of them. Uh, and some people, and honestly, some people think they're aliens. And some people believe, and this is actually, I think, a little plausible, is that they may be spirits who have not formed yet. So they, they, they don't have the energy to form fully. So they're still black in color. So they're, they're just spirits who haven't turned white or whatever. I mean, that, that kind of makes sense mm -hmm. to me. What other aspects of the paranormal do you investigate? Um, mainly right now, it, it's it's spirits, but I'm, I'm really big into cryptozoology, Bigfoot, dogmen, things right. like that. Yeah. Um, I've actually tried to plan with some friends of mine a uh, excursion to the Pine Barrens of New Jersey to search for the Jersey Devil and well, perhaps gathering some information and writing another book about that because that's always fascinated me. Why do you think there hasn't been any evidence to substantiate the the existence? I mean, hardcore evidence, uh, like a cadaver of a Bigfoot. If all these people are going through the woods and the and the forests of Canada, the United States, looking for this creature, nothing. Uh, I believe that's where the portals come in. I ah. believe that they go through. Uh, different dimensions through portals. So if a Bigfoot dies, they pick them up and take them with them through a portal. That's, again, that's just what I think. I don't know, but that's just kind of what I, my thinking is, is that they travel through portals. One thing I've learned doing this show for so long is that anything is possible. Um, what are your final thoughts that you'd like to leave with the Exxon Nation tonight, Kevin? Just, you know, keep an open mind and you know you don't have to be a hardcore believer but uh, you know not to rip off the x-files but something is out there mm -hmm. <clears throat> and that there are <clears throat> excuse me there are a lot of people out here just like you And as a matter of fact that's one of the reasons i wrote my book is because i wanted to let people know hey this is who i am and i've gone through a lot of these you know trials and tribulations but hey i i know what you're going through i've been there and that if you need any advice or help or whatever feel free to talk to me. And I've actually talked to a, a good number of people out there that have asked questions about that. Um, but just, you know, stay strong. And honestly, I would fear the living more than the dead. Hallelujah. I agree with you 100% on that. Yeah. Let's get back to uh, how our listeners can contact you with their NDE stories. Sure. Uh, they can contact me at my personal email account. It's K-K-I-L-L-E-N. B is in boy, T is in Tom, K Killen, BT at gmail.com. 
And uh, for copies of your book, all they need to do is go to either Amazon or to the OzarkMountain.com website, right? Yes, and I have my author's page there, and they can just type in Ghosts in Me, and it'll pop up, and it'll give you um, all the co- all the different copies, including the audio book, and they can purchase it there. They can go on Amazon and do the same thing, and, and they'll all pop up there as well. So in your opinion, when it comes to exorcisms, I'm sorry, not exorcism, but possessions, cases of possession like the... Uh, the one on The Exorcist or the case of Amity. Are they fact? Are they fiction? Or unknown at this time? Um, I would say, honestly, I think it, it is true. And the reason I say that is because I do believe that there is evil in this world. Mm-hmm. Not necessarily demonic, like they want to portray it as. Right. But there is real evil in this world. And I think, obviously, the balance is the good. So I do believe things can get. And again, I know and that was a good point of the Amityville case with the, you know, Catholicism and the Roman Catholic Church and everything. But, you know, there are just evil spirits out here. They're not demonic. They're just evil spirits. They're they're evil people. They're evil in life. and They're going to be evil in death. And and again, everything's lumped into the the whole demonic thing. And I think that's wrong. But that's what happens but yeah i do believe that there is there is truth to these possessions kevin the time has come when you and i must say so long so thank you so much for sharing your time with us here on the x-zone and hey, exonation uh, my great pleasure when your new book comes out let us know we'll get you back on and absolutely uh, exonation if you'd like to get a copy of kevin's current book his website is ozarkmountain.com and uh, that's it for tonight I'll be back, let's see, tomorrow night as once again we cross the time-space continuum to the X-Zone, a place where people dare to believe and dare to be heard Monday through Friday from 10 p.m. Eastern until 2 a.m. Eastern right here from our studios in St. Catharines, Ontario, Canada on Classic 1220 and Classic1220.ca. So until tomorrow night, my friends, always keep your eyes to the sky and your heart to the light. Good night, everyone. <laughs>